Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. About six months ago or so in September of 2019, God said something to me. He said this phrase, he said, it's time for miracles. And I had him to put it here on that screen because that's not just a slogan. That's what God said. And you have to understand that when God makes a statement like that, he's decreeing something. And we know this, it's always time for miracles. You understand that? It's always time. There's never a time you can't receive a miracle. But when God singles out that flow and he decrees it, it's because there is a, uh, if I could say this, an emphasis on it. There is an increased grace toward it. There's an increased anointing of it. And there's an open window of it. And when God makes a decree like that, if, if I could say it this way, if we'll listen to the decree, if we'll prepare ourselves to flow with what he said, then there can come a place where it's just in the air, miracles in the air. Dad Hagen said about the healing revival. He said that there were people during the healing revival who were basically in the ministry of helps. They would be singers, musicians. They would just get up to sing and exhort. And while they would sing and exhort, they said, he said, lame people would get up and walk. Blind people would begin to see. And it wasn't necessarily because the people ministering had that specific anointing. It was because it was time and it was in the air. And when God says it's time for miracles, he's wanting us to move with him into a greater flow of that. Amen. So he's letting us know by saying that what he is emphasizing. You know, in your own particular life, you can have something you're emphasizing. In your business, you can have something you're emphasizing. In your family, you can have something you're emphasizing. Well, God's the same way. He has something that he's emphasizing. And if we will pay attention to that, and if we will hook our faith to that, it will take us to a greater flow. And um, he's letting us know what we're going to have to become skillful with. If he says it's time for miracles, how many of you know anything it's time for from heaven? He needs our participation in. There's one thing about God that he doesn't have. I'm talking about God the Father. He doesn't have flesh. He doesn't have flesh. He's a spirit. Now he does have form. He's not just some cloud. Right? He has form. The Bible talks about his hands, talks about his eyes, talks about his footstool. So he must have feet. Right? He has a form, but he doesn't have flesh. Now, when Jesus was born, now God's somebody in the Godhead took on flesh. And God, for the first time, had flesh that he could manifest himself through uninterrupted by sin. Yes. 
You understand that? But then Jesus left. And now we're the flesh that he, that God has available to him to manifest through. And can I say this? God needs your flesh. Now I'm not talking about your flesh nature. I'm talking about he needs your hands. He needs your feet. He needs your mouth because he doesn't have any in the earth except through the body right now. So if I could say it this way, he made us a great deal. He says, tell you what, you give me your flesh, I'll give you my spirit. (laughs) I like that. Amen. Because he needs somebody in the earth that can tangibly move around and manifest his will in the earth. Amen. Amen. So what a deal. We say we yield ourselves. Not our flesh nature, but our flesh substance. Right? He's not using our flesh nature, so to speak. You know, the good parts of it, yes, but the hindering parts, no, those are covered. Those are, those are um, not just covered by the blood, but they're cleansed by the blood. Right? And um, so he so desperately wants to bless humanity that he's looking for flesh. So when he says it's time for miracles, he is looking for flesh who is skillful with what he said it's time for. It's not enough that he says it's time for miracles. Flesh must become, someone with flesh must become skillful with what he says it's time for. And it's time for miracles. So I'm not just saying preachers. I'm saying flesh. Your flesh. He wants to send you out among where everyone is living. And he says, I want to perform miracles beyond where the church is, the church walls. And I want to go out into the streets and go into the apartment complexes and go into the places of business. And I want them to know I love them. Now, can I tell you, healing is a flow of the love of Jesus. Yeah. When people are healed, they know they're loved. When they receive a healing touch from God, it confirms to them tangibly that I am loved by God. Amen. It brings them into a place of nearness to God if they'll yield to that, right? God needs you going out and demonstrating that through your flesh to them because many don't know they're loved by God. And he wants them to know he loves them and he wants to heal them. He wants to perform miracles. So when he says it's time for miracles, he's letting you know, I need flesh who knows this. I need flesh who knows how to receive miracles and I need flesh who knows how to minister miracles. Because God's power is in two directions, for the receiving and for the ministering. Now, when you got born again, you needed a lot, right? But as you began to have those needs supplied, now you become a supply to someone else who has a need. In the life of every believer is two directions that faith will flow, in the receiving direction and in the giving direction, the ministering direction, amen. So it's not just about us getting our miracles. It's also about us ministering miracles. 
So as you're here tonight, you are getting training. That's what I'm looking during this week, unless the Holy Ghost directs us differently, that we're going to be training us so that we can flow with God in this window of divine time that says it's time for miracles. So that we, now what is that flow? In the receiving and in the ministering. Two directions that your faith is meant for. Your faith is never meant to just flow in one direction. Your faith is never meant to just bless you and no more. Your faith is meant to bless you, but it's also meant to be a blessing to someone else because it goes two directions. And until it's in two directions, we've not fully pleased the Lord or obeyed. Amen. So no matter what your life may be in need of, God still expects you to bring a supply to someone else. I remember um, when I married my husband, he was 20 years older than me and he had been in the ministry almost 20 years by the time I married him. I was just fresh out of a denominational church. I did not even know, I'd never even heard of the five-fold ministry. I'd never, I'd heard of a pastor, I'd heard of an evangelist. I'd never heard of a teacher, I'd never heard of an apostle, I'd never heard of a prophet. I'd never heard of those, much less understood them. So I was very far behind spiritually. When I, when I got, my husband and I got married, my big thing was, I'm just trying to catch up. And then one day God showed me where I was missing it. He said, you think that all it is is that you need, but because all you're doing is thinking about what you need, you're disobeying me and not bringing a supply. Because sometimes our needs can be so many that all we're thinking about is our needs and we quit thinking about, wait a minute, somebody around me needs something. And so I don't care how long you've been saved, there's a supply you have for, some, for somebody. And if I would say this, I believe part of that supply is a supply of miracles. Yes. Miracle power yes. that you not only learn how to receive of that miracle power, but you learn how to minister that miracle power. So this week, Miracle Crusades is training for all of us to receive miracle power, but also to minister miracle power. Why? Because God said it's time for miracles. So if God says it's time for miracles, we need to take our cue and not wait for him to say something more when that is a huge assignment in itself. And so many times we're looking, I need to hear from God, hear from God. He, listen to what he speaks to those who are speaking into your life. And that will help give you clarity. Amen. Hallelujah. So are you ready to be a good student this week? And we're going to see some demonstration of it. Not just, not just textbook of it. We're going to see some demonstration of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Doesn't that thrill you? The thought of that you're going to come out of here this week, this week, understanding how your flesh matters to God's purpose. That how dare us take our flesh and use it in a wrong way when God needs it for his purpose. How dare us take our flesh and use it, take it to a wrong location. Join it to wrong things. 
God needs our flesh to bless people in the earth, to manifest himself. Your flesh, listen, uh, your flesh is not evil in the sense of, it says in Romans 12, present your bodies. Present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. God accepts it. He's not accepting something evil. He gave you your flesh. But he wants flesh presented to him that has been sanctified and flesh that's set apart from things that don't glorify him. Amen. And that's called, and, and once we're born again, he sanctifies us, but we need to consecrate ourselves to what we've been sanctified to. We need to separate ourselves for what we were born again for. Amen. Because this will determine not only how much we can receive a miracle power, but how much we can minister miracle power. What we do with our flesh will determine the degree of power. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, um, you know the phrase, not the phrase, the scripture, where we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. That's what we want to hear, right? We don't want to do as Brother Copeland said. We don't want to hear, well Dad Hagen said that he made, Dad Hagen made this statement. He said, every day I live with the awareness that one day I have to give an account for how I lived today. So we need to be interested in what God's interested in. We need to stir ourselves up and not be apathetic and not really wholehearted. Let me ask you something. If you have a big need, don't you want God wholeheartedly interested in that? You don't want him half-heartedly interested. Well, when God has a need of our flesh, he doesn't want us half-heartedly interested. He wants us wholeheartedly interested in it. Amen. And when you're wholeheartedly interested, interested, it shows up. We're not falling asleep while our pastor's preaching. We're not late and, and, you know, looking at our watch. Why? We're wholeheartedly interested in what God is doing because God needs my flesh. He needs your flesh to manifest through. Amen. Thank God we can pray. And thank God there is a, there is a flow and a benefit to prayer. But praying won't even do what God needs your flesh to do. He needs your flesh to lay hands on people. He needs your flesh to bless people and reach out. Amen. So Jesus, we want him to, we want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So much of the time we focus on this word faithful and we should, it's a focus. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But too many times we leave the first word unaddressed. Faithful is the second word. Well done, thou good. Well done, thou good. Well done, thou good. He's not talking necessarily there about behavior like you're behaving yourself. Now, we do want you to be good. Did you, did, did you ever leave the house in the morning and your mom would say, be good today? My mother didn't say be good. She always said, be sweet. Be sweet. 
Every day I heard this of my life, be sweet. And so I heard that every day of my life, virtually, be sweet. I probably need to pick that back up and, and even maybe help remind some. No, I'm teasing. But here Jesus said, it's the phrase, well done thou good and faithful servant. If someone is good at their job, they can be promoted. If someone's not good at their job, they need to not even think about promotion. Now, someone can be faithful to show up at their job. They're there every time they should be, but they never developed themselves to become skillful at the position they're showing up for. Some people will show up, but they show up and do as little as they have to to get their paycheck. There are people that that's their, that's their mental approach. They don't really care about the job. They don't care about the man that, that hired them. They don't care about the company. They only care about getting my paycheck. So they show up and do as little as possible just to get the paycheck. Now, that's not who Jesus employs. Jesus looks for someone who's good. What's that mean? They have been interested enough in what their assignment is to become skillful in that job. That you are looking, how can I better myself? You don't just only take a step to be better when it's forced upon you. But you take steps to say, wait a minute, how can I, how can I help in this department? What can I do more? You're not looking to do as little as you can, you're looking to do as much as you can, right? Well, that's the kind of mindset that it takes for us to be skillful with power because the power, miracle power, you understand is greater than atomic power. You understand that it's greater than nuclear power. It's, it's greater than radiation power. It's greater than all these other powers that men know about. Miracle power is greater. Now, do you think that God is going to let someone careless handle that. I mean, to any great degree, you might have somebody who's really half-hearted. They may have a measure of results, but I'm talking about a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Right? What's that call for? It calls for us to be good. This word good is skillful, skillful. So we could say it this way, well done thou skillful and faithful servant. Because it doesn't really matter that you show up faithfully if you never get better at your job. Right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So we don't want to just be faithful. We don't just want to focus on faithfulness. Yes, that's one of it. But preceding faithfulness was the word good. Preceding faithfulness is the need for skill. Amen. My piano teacher used to say this. She'd say, people will say practice makes perfect. She said, that's not true. She said, perfect practice makes perfect. You practice something wrong and you'll do it wrong. And she said, it matters how you practice. If you practice not caring that you're doing it wrong, you'll never be good at it. 
So it does matter to us that we get results when we pray, that we get results when we release our faith. We need to expect that we get results because if we're not getting results, we're not being skillful. And if we're not being skillful, we can't be promoted. Remember what he said, well done thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. What's that mean? Enter into another level of promotion. Those, you can't just say, he didn't just say those who love the Lord. Those who are skillful, good, and faithful with those skills. They don't misuse those skills. They don't take those skills out and spend them in the world. Use them for Pharaoh. They use them for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Years ago in the 90s, my husband was conducting a service and uh, Jesus appeared to him in that service. And when he did, fire shot out of his eyes at him and he said this, you're not being skillful with the healing anointing. And then he disappeared. And Ed was there Heartbroken, Because you can imagine, Jesus appears to you and it's a rebuke of such displeasure. When fire shoots out of his eyes, it shows his displeasure. Right? So he said, you're not being skillful. Couldn't we say that you're not being good at it? Why? Because if you're not good at something, you can't get promoted into more. Too many times people want more from God. But you have to give the level of skill and develop the level of skill of where you're at to have, for there to be promotion. And what am I talking about? Skill with your faith. Skill with your love walk. Skill with walking in peace. Skill with casting down imaginations. Skill with taking every thought captive. Skill with your prayer life. Amen. These are, these are all the things that have been entrusted to us as his people. This is how we show ourselves skillful. This is how we learn, right? And so Jesus said to my husband, you're not being skillful. And he said, with the healing anointing. Now that doesn't mean, see, you can be skillful in one aspect and not skillful in another aspect. That didn't mean he was skillful, uh, unfaithful or unskillful in all the other aspects of his life. But with that one aspect, he said, you're not being skillful. With the healing anointing. Now, Jesus was saying that to my husband because he had a tangible healing anointing upon his life. In his hand was a tangible healing anointing. So Jesus was saying, you're not being skillful with that which you've already been entrusted with. Now, um, by saying that, he's letting him know you're not being skillful with the healing anointing and that displeased Jesus. But could I say this to you? It might not be a healing anointing. It might be any other thing he's entrusted to us. What has he entrusted to us? He expects us to be skillful with it. How about skillful in serving? When we're skillful in our local church, we should be serving in some capacity. And if we're skillful in serving, we're not just sitting back and waiting to be told everything. We're looking for something that needs doing. We don't have a mentality of the world, which is do as little as you can to get as much as you can. 
right? This is all about skill. So although he was specifically speaking to my husband about skill with the healing anointing, generally to all of us, it would be skill about anything entrusted to us. How about skillful as parents? When we're not skillful as parents, it'll show up. Not today, not tomorrow, but sometime down the road, it's going to show up, right? Yeah. Skill is so, so important. And it was lack of skill that fire shot out of Jesus's eyes about. Now, when he said to my husband, you're not being skillful with the healing anointing. What that means is people that should have been healed weren't. People that could have been healed weren't. Due to one thing, not lack of power, lack of skill. Can I tell you this? None of us have a lack of power. Can I tell you? None of us have a lack of power. But all of us need to continue to grow in our skill. Why? Because Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have, there is no lack of power in your life. You have power. It's about us becoming skillful. Now, I'm going to say something else that's going to really kind of uh, change your prayer life, hopefully. And that is this. You don't need to pray for God to send miracles. You don't need to pray for God to send power. He's already sent power. You don't need to pray for God to send a revival. No, no. Now, it does say in the time of the latter rain, ask you of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. He's talking about an outpouring. But I guarantee you, we already have power. We don't have to pray, God, would you, would you perform miracles? Why do you think Jesus came? To demonstrate that God wanted to do miracles. Why do you think the Holy Ghost came? So that power would be present and available so that miracles could be worked. Amen. It's not about getting God to do something. It's about us being skillful so that he can do something. Let me say that again. It's about us becoming skillful so that he can do something through us. So what's he waiting on? Skill. Amen. Well, I thought he's waiting on faith. Yes, skill with faith. Yeah, all of that. Skill with, obey, skill with following the Holy Ghost that when you're out and the Holy Ghost prompts you, go pray for that person. And you, with skill, you've had skill in listening for him, skill in obeying him, and you go do it. Well, what if I'm wrong? Well, you might be wrong, but the Holy Ghost is never wrong. So you know what? He can cover up for what you do wrong. Even if no one got healed, someone got blessed that you noticed them. Even if you didn't know how to pray, even if you didn't know how to release your faith when you prayed for their healing, at least can you, can you not imagine what it meant that somebody recognized that they had a need? Amen. So where's the fail? It's not a lack of power. It's a lack of skill. So when God says it's time for miracles, he's letting us know, focus on becoming skillful with anything that's connected to miracle power flowing. That means we're going to have to address our faith. 
which means we're going to have to address our love life. Why? Because not love life, boyfriend, girlfriend. Okay. Love walk. We're going to have to address it. Why? Because faith works by love. So all of these things that dovetail into one another have to be addressed because it's not just about miracles. It's about everything connected to miracle power flowing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it does matter about skill and it's not just about your pastor having skill. So many times people will think of skill. Well, if their pastor is skillful with the word, skillful with preaching, skillful with laying hands on the sick. Well, that's true. But his skill is, is an example of what your skill should, should do. Amen. No, you can't do it through the office of a pastor, but you can do it through the flow of the believer's faith. Can I tell you what the greatest anointing in the earth is? It's not the apostolic anointing. It's not the prophet's anointing. You know what it is? It's the corporate anointing of the body of Christ. That's the greatest anointing in the earth. And you're part of that. You're part of that. Hallelujah. Uh, Oral Roberts made a statement. My congregation has heard it and they need to keep hearing it. I say it to myself to remind myself. Oral Roberts made the statement every day. Miracles are coming to you or going past you. Every day. What's he mean? That means this, that miracle power is always available. And whether or not you receive it a particular day is not up to God. It's up to you. It's up to our skill with receiving miracle power. Amen. So Oral Roberts was talking about the receiving of miracle power. You say, well, how do you have skill in receiving a miracle power? Well, you remember blind Bartimaeus? He heard Jesus is coming down the road. Now he's along the wayside right? He can't see. He only heard somebody say that Jesus is coming. He knew some reports about Jesus evidently, didn't he? He had heard that. He had heard something about what had happened when Jesus showed up or he wouldn't be so thrilled about him coming. So Jesus is coming down the road. A blind man does not see proximity. He does not know how close Jesus is. He can't tell. So when you can't tell, but you, you go, I need what he has. I cannot let him get past me just because he didn't know I needed it. You see, we have nothing recorded that said Jesus was coming to go visit blind Bartimaeus. He was not coming to go visit blind Bartimaeus. He was just on the way and blind Bartimaeus was on the way that Jesus was traveling. Jesus did not make blind Bartimaeus his target, but blind Bartimaeus said, if I have a need and it doesn't get met, that's my fault. With power coming down the road, with miracle power coming down the road, if my need gets ignored, it's not his fault, it's my fault. So what did he start doing? He started calling. He started calling. And we know how loud he called. Loud enough to make everyone around him mad. Because they told him, shut up. 
Other translations say that he, they said, shut up. That's what hold your peace means in nice, you know, Greek. Means shut up. You are too loud in our ear. But he can't see how close he is. He doesn't know how to gauge his volume because he does not know. Is Jesus a hundred feet away? Is he 10 feet away? Has, is he almost going past him? He has no idea. All he has is volume. So he used his volume and turned it up all the way, <laughs> right? Turn it up all the way. What is he? Don't you call that wholehearted? Not half-hearted, wholehearted. Using all my volume, all my volume. <laughs> because if he gets past me without knowing I'm here, that's my fault. Right? So they were telling Bine Bartimaeus to be quiet because his volume was over the top. You don't have to be that loud. You don't have to be that that uh, you don't have to be that faithful. You don't have to attend church that much. You don't have to give that much, <laughs> right? There will always be those who don't give that much telling you not to give that much. There will always be those who don't attend church that much to tell you you don't need to attend that much. Who was it that was telling him to be quiet? The ones who weren't calling. If they would have been calling at full volume, they wouldn't heard him. They wouldn't have even been bothered by him because they would be so loud in their own ear. So what do we see if we're going to receive? We have to be interested loud enough that other people know what we're believing for. <laughs> right? So Jesus is coming down the road. He's not seeking out blind Bartimaeus, but blind Bartimaeus' volume stops him. Can I say it? It's the volume of faith. It's not just loudness that stopped him. He heard faith. Because Jesus heard all kinds of sounds. You know begging sounds. People in desperation. People in a panic. In, in, in ministry lines sometimes you'll have people that'll come down and you'll see them. I mean, they're just crying and they're distraught and you can tell they're in a panic. They're in desperation. And I, I've got to get them out of desperation because although that sounds so wholehearted, it's not faith. And I've got to get them. I don't mind volume, but it's got to be a volume of faith, not a volume of panic and desperation, which is doubt. Amen. So when Jesus stopped, he wasn't hearing a volume of desperation or panic. He was hearing faith or he would have never stopped. And so notice this. Power was just passing by. And blind Bartimaeus called enough to say, stop here. Can I tell you what? That's what Oral Roberts meant every day. Power is going past you going to you. Depends on your call. How much, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? If you only mention it once every few months, mm, I doubt you're real, real interested. When you want something, brother, it's every day. When a guy sees a girl he's interested in, it's an everyday call, baby. And if he only calls every, once every two weeks, he ain't that interested. Drop him. 
If it's not an everyday call, he doesn't really want you that much. A little counseling. Just a little counseling. But can I tell you this? At least you got to make a call. <laughs> right, Joel? <laughs> I got some other ones I could name. I'm just teasing. He knows I'm just teasing. You can't sit on the end if you can't take it. (laughs) What is it about skill and miracles? You have to learn it's connected to a call. And if you don't call, no wonder you ain't got. If you don't call a girl, no wonder you ain't got a date. Right? If you don't call for healing, no wonder you got pain. If you don't call for supply, no wonder you got lack. You see, you have to call. You have to call. I said you have to call. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what is it about Oral Roberts saying every day miracles are going to us? Are going past us. What determines whether or not they stop with us? Us. Not God. People are waiting for God to show up and do something. Waiting for God to show up and work in their behalf. And uh, <clears throat> he's waiting for us to call. He's waiting for us to want it bad enough to be heard. Can I tell you this? I, I make this statement. And religious minds can go on tilt. God goes where you put him. God goes where you put him. God goes where faith puts him. Amen. Yeah. If you, if you believe God for your finances, power will show up in your finances. You believe God for your family, power will show up in your family. What is that? God goes where faith puts him. And so many times people are waiting for God to put himself in and he's waiting for you to put him in. He's waiting for you to assign him. Amen. Now, so we need to understand God, because it's time for miracles, God is looking for us to become skillful. How can, don't you know that he wants, he wants you to use your own personal life to practice on. So that when you're ministering to others, you already have a measure of success, a measure of skill, a measure of knowledge to know what you're doing. Don't you think it would be heartbreaking? And, and the word says this. Uh, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Could we say it this way? What does it profit if everyone gets help and not you? If everybody else around you gets theirs, but you don't get yours. What's this mean? Faith is not just for others. It's for you. Practice on you. Practice on you. Practice on you. You say, well, let me, and and let me say in the practicing, don't wait till you're perfect. Just every day, every day, practice on something in your life. Believe God for something in your life. 
because we're wanting him to use us for miracles that, that, are, that are wonderful, and he wants to, and he will. But sometimes we start with the things that don't look so miraculous. You know, we, look, we, work, we start with the everyday things. Quit putting up with stuff. Could I say that? That's a step toward the miraculous, isn't it? Just quit putting up with things in your life that you know are not blessing. You know, it's subtracting, it's distracting, it's taking away. Amen? And so we have to understand that um, God doesn't want you to just be skillful at the ministering. He wants you to be skillful also in the receiving. The receiving and the ministering. Practice on yourself. And while you're practicing on yourself, go be a blessing to someone else. Don't wait till you're perfect at it. Amen. Um, I want to read an excerpt from Dad Hagen's book called I Believe in Visions. Now, Dad Hagen's materials, especially vis- visions, visitations, they didn't, the revelation of them didn't die when Dad Hagen went to heaven. They're still here for us to benefit from. I encourage you pay attention to them. He made this statement. Jesus said in this one vision that Dad Hagen had of Jesus, Jesus said, this was the last great revival, talking about the time that we're in. He went on to say, all the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation in the church in these last days. And the church will do greater things than even the early church did. It will have greater power, signs, and wonders than were recorded in the Acts of the Apostles. Now think of it, because we read the Acts of the Apostles and we're impressed, and we should be. But that's an example of what should be working still. Jesus said that we have seen and experienced many healings, but we will now behold amazing miracles that have not been seen before. Now listen to that, that have not been seen before. What's that mean? There's no precedence for it in the Bible. It's not been seen before. Why? Because we're coming into a full measure of power and the church has never had the full measure of power. So it's going to be working things that couldn't have been worked until there was a full measure of power. There are certain things that call for a fuller measure of power, right? And Jesus continued, more and more miracles will be performed in the last days which are just ahead. And then listen to this, for it is time for the gift of the working of miracles. That's what he said to me in September. It's time for miracles. Then Jesus went on and said this, many of my own people will not accept the moving of the spirit and will turn back and will not be ready to meet me at my coming. Many will be deceived by false prophets and miracles of satanic origin. But follow the word, follow the spirit of God and me and you will not be deceived. I am gathering my own together and and am preparing them. For the time is short. Couldn't we say, what's he preparing? 
us becoming skillful. That's what he's talking about. That's how you prepare. You give people uh, that you have to help them gain skill. If you're going to prepare someone, if you're preparing someone for a position or a job, you have to train them, right? Yes. Hallelujah. So, Dad Hagen said, there will be miracles. This is what Dad Hagen said. There will be miracles that have never been seen before and are not even recorded in the Bible. So, because they're not, people will reject them. But miracles were worked through Jesus' ministry that were not recorded in the Bible. Blinded eyes were opened. That didn't happen until Jesus showed up. Jesus walked on water. Others walked through the, the floor of the, of, the, of the sea or the river, but no one walked on it. See, Jesus, it was a first-time thing. It was a first-time thing. And any miracles that we've never seen before will still be in line with the Bible in this respect. The Bible is full of miracles that have never been seen before. The Bible is full of first-time occurrences. So if there's a first-time occurrence, it's scriptural because the Bible is, school, is full of first-time occurrences. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, and then we're going to stop with this phrase and we'll pick up tomorrow night if, if the Spirit directs us that way. But God said to me this, miracles come as a result of following the Spirit. So this is what, too, we're going to also talk about because we have to follow the Spirit so that we're skillful in receiving a miracle. And we have to follow the Spirit to be skillful in ministering miracles. Okay? Praise the Lord. Are you helped tonight? Stand with me to your feet. Hallelujah. Did you receive something? If nothing else, come expecting this week yes. to not just to sit and attend. Right. Right. I'm come, come, te- uh, treat it as a spiritual classroom yes. that we're going to pick up some skills. We're going to gain some knowledge and clarity and revelation about how to become more skillful so that when we leave this place, we don't have the same life we've always had. Yes. Amen. That things change. Things change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. 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 Mashtakaye. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Just lift up your voice and worship and we worship you.
We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Father. Um, I want to say this. Um, years ago, I don't know how long ago it was, but it's been years now. Uh, Brother Benny Hinn came to a particular city and uh, held a crusade. And his ministry was always earmarked by healings and miracles. And in this particular one, there, were, there weren't many healings. And there weren't many miracles. And what happens is people will look at the minister and say, well, what's wrong with the minister? You know? And afterwards, some of the pastors that were present in different, of his, different ones of his crusades, said to him, said, we noted that there weren't the number of miracles and healings. Can you talk to us about that? They didn't assume that, something, that it was on his end. They just knew they needed to learn something about that. And he said, yes, I can tell you about that. He said, because there's not a healing voice in that region. So there was no one there preparing the ground. And when I came in... The ground hadn't been prepared yet. So God needs churches that have a healing voice. He needs churches that have a voice of miracles. He needs churches that know how to move with the word and the spirit. And um, sometimes God will send people to regions just for that purpose, to just ignite a voice or to help those who are in that place to be encouraged in their voice. All kinds of different things, you know. But it does matter that your city, wherever you're from, has a healing voice. Amen. Has a miracle voice. And if you're a pastor, you need to your church needs to be that in your region. Right? But how about you being that in your neighborhood? That people know in your neighborhood, listen, if you need something down there at that house, that yellow house down there, they know how to pray. And, you know, people get healed when they pray. You, you can be that. But I said that to say this, that God has that for this couple. Father, we thank you. We uh, mm. An increase, an increase. Oh, in the spirit realm. Mm. No, 
Now I have to, I want to say this to you also. Be very, if I could say this, attentive to how he would direct you in conducting services. Don't just do it the way you've always done it. Don't just handle situations and handle a service the way it's always been handled. Don't just do this in the service because you've always done that in the service. You know what I'm saying? Be spirit led. And if the spirit is saying, don't, don't take too long doing this, don't keep doing too long on that. Or if he says, do this longer than what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? You understand that? That don't just keep doing things the way they've been done just because that's the way they've been done. Follow the Spirit on that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But that, that's instruction really for all of us. That's an instruction we always need to take as a pastor because we can get rut and just do things because we've always done them that way, but it might be hindering what it might be hindering the spirit or not facilitating to go further in the spirit. You know, we can do that in our own lives. We can do things that every, you know, we just give $5 every offering. You know, we don't even think about it. Well, that's not facilitating many times what God's trying to bring us into. So we have to reevaluate and critique. Are we doing things by the spirit? Are we doing them because of we're rutted? Because there's one thing the Holy, Holy Ghost won't do. It's dig a rut and leave you there. If we're in a rut and we're there, it's our flesh and our mind that got us there, not the Holy Ghost, right? Praise the Lord. I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you. Now, Dad Hagen made this statement. He said, the gifts of the Spirit don't operate because you pray for them. They operate because you're hungry for them. And it's teaching that makes people hungry. So we're here this week teaching so that we all become more hungry. Because God answers hunger. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. God does not promise the filling to those who aren't hungry or thirsty. The filling or the fullness manifestations of these things happen because we're hungry for them. And teaching stirs hunger, ignites hunger, fans hunger. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you don't want to miss these services because it's going to, I, I believe, do something for our personal lives, but also for our congregations, whatever congregation we're a part of. Amen. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. Uh, somebody's elbow is being healed right now. Who is it? 
You've had problems with your elbow. Raise your hand and wave it at me. Raise your hand and wave it at me. Somebody's elbow over here. I don't know if you're, everybody just kind of put their hands down because I don't know if you're worshiping or praising. Um, Anybody, elbow problems, something with an elbow. And it actually could be live stream. You know, someone, I don't, are people watching live? Yes, thank you. But because we get, we, we do get reports of people that are watching. But if anything is troubled, sometimes people even forget. That right there, right there, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just move that around, Miss Ramona. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Can you tell a, can you tell a difference? No? Keep, keep, keep doing it. It needed something. Yes. Yes. It needed something. Just keep moving that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Father. Somebody, somebody right at the right at the base of the skull, right back here. Somebody that's been having difficulty, pain, and it could be muscle pain. I don't know. It could be misalignment. It could be vertebrae, something wrong. But something in that area, receive your healing right now. Just raise up your hands and receive it. You have to show God you're interested, right? How? By responding. We have to respond. We, none of us can receive just by standing there and just being in, uninterested or inactive, Right? When, you, when you're interested, you respond. And that's part of, part of what we have to learn to become skillful, right? Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Some, some woman uh, with your female organs. Something with your female organs. And it seems to me that there's, there's things out of place in that region of your body. There's things out of place. I don't know whether they've just... They're just, they're not where they should be. They're not where they should be. And God just lifts and re, re, replaces those things into right position. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Ah, receive that. Receive that. Somebody's throat. Something in the throat. I don't know whether it's almost seems like a blockage there. I don't know if it's a growth or something has been there. Yeah, back here, several. We thank you, Father. Receive that every every bit of that. We thank you, Father, that that power, that power is working right now, making that whole. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Uh, somebody, I don't know what this is. I, I, I'm assuming it would have to do with the ear and the hearing part. But right here behind the ear, there's been a pain at the very, the very bottom of the ear, right behind it, right behind it. There's been a, a, I don't know if it's a sharp pain or something, but right there in that region, something has been amiss. Hallelujah. Just receive that healing power. It could be something with a muscle in that region. I don't know. It could be something with the ear itself and affect the hearing. I don't know because I'm not a doctor, but I just know something in that region is being addressed right now. So you respond to that power. Respond to what he's saying to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. Something being set right with someone's eyes. It seems like their eye, uh, what, what would you call it? Maybe a lazy eye or something. That it, it just, it, it, the muscles aren't quite right and aren't strong enough to hold it in place. 
but there's something being adjusted that's straightening out your eyes. Not just your vision, straightening out the eye itself. Hallelujah. Just receive that. Receive that. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. And like I said, people watching by live stream, absolutely release your faith for it. Because God is no respecter of persons. Wherever there's faith, that power will manifest where faith invites it. You know, God, is. we were talking about blind Bartimaeus. Jesus wasn't seeking him out, but he went to him. He went to him because faith, faith called him there. So God doesn't have to call you by name. Faith can call him to you in those areas of need. Amen. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Something about someone's arches in your feet have been giving you a lot of problems. Receive that power right now. Just receive it right now. You have to respond to that. You have to, not with your mind, but with your heart. You say, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. I take it. Hallelujah. And I thank you that it's working. 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 Hallelujah. Don't limit God to the instantaneous and miss the supernatural. Amen. Sometimes he just begins that work. And that's every bit as, as much him as if it were instantaneous. Amen. There was, um, and I don't know if this happened in the 70s or 80s, but I think I heard about it first in the 80s. Some of you may have heard about it. Um, a man by the name of Dr. Eby. And he had fallen off of a balcony, like a second floor balcony onto the ground below and was killed. I mean, he had severe injuries and he died. And I don't, I don't remember the whole testimony, but he was raised back. And there were all kinds of things that were broken and I mean, severe injuries in his body. And every day he would just praise the Lord. And he said, as long as he praised, if he took that day and spent time praising, there were no symptoms, there were no issues. But a day off from praising, the symptoms would start trying to come back. And he said, he said he hadn't had, I mean, I mean, they were severe things, severe. Uh, and he had, uh, he said, one day I didn't experiment. He said, because I spent my time always, you know, sometime during the day, I was always worshiping the Lord, thanking him for my healing. Because he said he had healed me. And I wasn't thanking him trying to get it. I was showing gratitude. But he said, I didn't experiment once. He said, I took about, and I don't remember whether it's a week or two. And he says, I wanted to see if I did not praise what would happen to my body. And he said, by the end of that experiment, he was almost paralytic again, almost completely crippled again. And his wife got frightened. And he said, oh, honey, no, 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 no. No, I forgot to tell you, I was just doing an experiment. <laughs> and he started praising again and all the symptoms left. He was just showing that praise steals the avenger. It silences the avenger. And so too many times people are wanting things to leave instantly, but praising drives him back. Praising drives back symptoms. Praising drives back. And it, as long as we do it, we keep doing it, he's driven back. But if we're silent about it, he sees an entrance. Symptoms see an entrance. The devil sees an entrance because when we're silent with praises, the devil thinks, ah, their faith is still. Their faith is unactive because people of, people of faith are praising people, right? 
So I said that to say this, when in calling out these words of knowledge, even if something isn't instantaneous, be praising because it will bring into manifestation that which God said is yours. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, it's praising is our lifestyle. It's our lifestyle. Yeah. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We glorify you, Father. Something along the lower back, right around in here, the lower back, something around there. There seems to be a line of pain or line of tightness in there. Uh, Receive healing. There's healing for you. Move around. Do something you couldn't do. Violate it. Not checking to see if it worked, but give action. Give action to that power. Amen. Respond to that power. Hallelujah. And you say, well, what if I can't tell a difference? Praise the Lord. He called out my need. He called out my need. And so I'm going to let faith meet that call that he made. I'm going to respond with a call of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Somebody with pain behind the eyes. Pain behind the eyes. I don't know if it's an eye pressure problem. Pain behind the eyes. Receive that healing right now. Just say, I receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell you, it's no struggle to receive from him because he's not trying to withhold it. He's not holding it out like this and say, get it if you can. I dare you to get it from No, he's already made it available. He wants you. And he's made it so easy. Just, we don't have to figure out anything. We just say, thank you, I've received that. Well, and the devil will say, well, nothing's changed. No, 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 that's not my business. My job is say, thank you, I receive it. I receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Something about someone's need. Something about someone's need. Praise the Lord. Move it up and down. Move it. Do something with it. Violate that thing. Give action. Respond to that power. Something about, I don't know if it's correct. Seems to me something behind it is even being corrected. It's like there's, I don't know, I don't know quite what it is, but something's being adjusted, whether it's being stretched out, because sometimes you can get a muscle, a tendon or something that's too short and you can't get full mobility with it, but something is being adjusted on that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Move that around. Respond to that power. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Something about someone's hips is a little askewed. It's a little, it's not completely straight. God's straightening that hip. God is straightening, aligning those hips. Aligning that. Just receive that right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, how can that happen? Well, if need be, he will employ angels. Angels are no doubt all in this room. You know, you brought yours with you tonight. But there's also ones that are here to minister. There's 50 that travel with me that work in the healing ministry. They adjust things in people's body. They, they bring parts. They, whatever's needed. Amen. Why? Because they're also interested in you receiving what's been provided for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. We glorify you. We magnify you. 
We worship you, Father. Pastor, that anointing that came on y'all, that's the strongest I have felt tangibly on me in a long time. It's here on assignment. That anointing is here on assignment for this region. Yeah, yeah, it's here on assignment. How many of you in here are pastors? I don't know how many pastors there are. This couple right here, your pastors, and of course these pastors here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back. Just, I'll come to you. They'll, they'll let me through. Come here, William. Oh, thank you, love. Thank you, Father. We thank you. Thank you for uh, supplying to, that they, they take back. They take back to their community, to their church, what it is you have for them. Hallelujah. We thank you. Give sir, get, just give me your hands. I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. A freshness upon him. A freshness of the Spirit upon him. In his words, in his revelation, in his utterance. A freshness upon him, Father. That refreshes them in the race. That refreshes them in the race. That refreshes them in the race. Thank you. Hallelujah. That refreshes them in the race. I thank you, Father, that they take it back. I thank you, Father, that they take it back. They take it back. They take it back. And uh, it marks, it marks them in the spirit. It marks them in the spirit. Uh, it marks them in the spirit. We thank you, Father. It marks them for... The plan of God in that community, in the spirit. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only did the spirit of God prompt me of where to go to have these crusades, because I knew I had to come here. But after that, um, even Pastor Noel Ramos said that in prayer, he had prayed out that about Phoenix. He kept calling out Phoenix. Phoenix is really big in God's sights. It's big in God's sights. Not to say other places aren't, but sometimes there's regions that they're reaching out for something and God responds to that. Yeah. So... And I, how do I say, don't just see yourself and limit yourself to a Spanish-speaking church. Does that make sense to you? I don't know why I'm saying that. And I don't know, I don't know what your approach is to your community and how you present yourself with that. But don't get this in your mind that you're only for the Spanish-speaking community. Okay? Uh, you're not. You're, you're for the earth. No, I mean, God needs, God needs you because we can sometimes get this mindset that I'm only, and sometimes that's true. Sometimes God will say, I'm sending you to this people or I'm sending you to that, but that's not what he's limited with y'all. So don't, don't, don't limit that in up here. Okay. Take, take the restraints off of that because there's a, there's more because there's a, there's a spirituality, a humbleness, a hunger that God can feel. And so he, he needs your thinking to be as large as his movement towards you is. 
Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I know this. There's nothing in the makeup of Nancy Dufresne that will help these people. But there's everything in you. And you're in me. And it's out of the greater one in me. So it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. There's nothing in me that can bless and help, but everything's in you. We thank you. We thank you so much. We thank you so, so much. We thank you so, so much. You're such a wonderful healer. And we know this, Jesus, nothing you author is difficult. Nothing you author is hard. This flow of miracles, it's not hard, it's not difficult. But we just can't be ignorant about it. And we thank you for helping us remove ignorance about it in our own lives and in those who need it. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Now, I know that so many of us are here, part of our church, whatever church you're part of, but I don't want to assume that everyone in here, first of all, is born again, or that everyone's walking in fellowship with the Lord. Or that everyone that's born again here that is filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So before we dismiss tonight, if any of those three apply to you, either you want to be born again, or you want to come back into right fellowship with the Lord, or you say, I'm already born again, but I've never been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you would, just real quickly, raise your hand because we want to pray with you before we leave tonight. Like I said, I know this is a believer's meeting, but there may be somebody here who would answer one of those three things. Hallelujah. Do I see a hand back here? There's a hand back here. Hallelujah. I can't, I can't see the body with that hand. <laughs> come here. Come here, love. Can you come up here? Yeah. Somebody help her with the baby even so she can come up here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There she is. Hallelujah. Hi, love. Come up here. What's your name? Mirza. Mirza. Okay. Born again? Want to get back into right fellowship or be filled with the Holy Ghost? I'm born again, but I want the other two. The other two. Okay. Congregation, reach out your hands. Just, just, look, just face me, love. You can just face me. Reach your hands out this way. Pray this along with her. You pray this with your own mouth. Would you do that? They'll join in with you. Just say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word says that if we confess our sin, that you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I confess that I walked away from you. I walked away from fellowship with you. And as I confess that, you cleanse me from that sin. 
and you receive me back in the right fellowship. And I thank you that I'm clean, that I'm whole, that I'm sanctified, and I belong to you, and I'll live for you all the days of my life. Jesus, you need flesh to bless others through my life. And I want you to know your, my flesh belongs to you. That you can bless others through me. Now, I belong to you. There is a special gift you have for me. Called the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I receive it. And when hands are laid on me, I will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it's evidence that I've received him. He'll give me utterance. And I'll speak in other tongues. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to lay hands on you, love. And when I do, from here, words are going to come up. Not from your mind. So you don't, sit, you don't look in your mind for words to say. God, gives, the Holy Ghost gives you those utterances, but you have to open your mouth and speak those out, okay? So he won't move your mouth for you. He won't move your tongue. You do that, and as you do, utterances will come, but it's going to be words that don't come from your mind, okay? It'll just come up from here, and you just speak out the first thing that comes up. You just do that, amen? Hallelujah. Congregation, reach your hands out. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. There, there's the Holy Ghost. Just speak that out. Mashtakaria da Bostokoria da Bostokoria da Bishtikiki and the Mastoye. Mashtakaria da Bostokoria da Bad. There you go, love. Mashtakaria da Bostokoria da Bishtikiki. Mashtakaria da Bostokoria da Bikishtiki. Hallelujah. Mashtakaria da Bostoye da Bishtikiki. Mashtakaria da Bashtakaria da Bishtikiki. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, love, can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit is a gift. When some, someone, something is given to you as a gift, you can put it on anytime you want, right? If somebody gave you a piece of jewelry, it's a gift. You don't have to wait to feel something or for permission from someone to utilize the gift. So that means... As much as you can, take time to speak in other tongues. You don't have to be in church. You don't have to wait to feel something. You can stop and start at will because he belongs to you. Okay? Let's do it. Let's let's pray with her in the spirit. Just do it. Just do it right now. There you go, love. There you go. Just that easy. While you're in your car, while you're taking care of your baby, walking around the house, mashtakarea. One of the, one of the greatest benefits of being filled with the Holy Ghost is it builds your spirit up. It builds you up so that you're fortified and you don't go back to what used to pull on you. Amen. We're so glad you're here tonight, love. Uh, do we have something? I have gifts just for you. And this little gal over here has it. Can I get it to you through her if you'll go with her? Thank you. Give her a great big God bless you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can say, 
I can tell something changed in my body tonight. When those words of knowledge were called out, maybe you can tell just a little bit of difference because it's beginning. But maybe it's already been completely completed. If you can already tell a difference, just raise your hand and let's see. Raise your hand real high if you can tell a difference. Raise your hand real high and keep it up. Keep it up. Turn around and look. Look at, look at how good Jesus is. Everybody just turn around and look. Look at how good Jesus is. Look over here. Some over here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful? Hallelujah. It's evidence that he loves us. Amen. It's proof that he loves us. Hallelujah. Now, Grant, I don't know. I think that Grant and maybe some of the staff may come to some of y'all and say, hey, can you give us a quick testimony of what happened to you physically? Are y'all going to do some of that? So I don't know if you want people to just let them know at the book table or back at the back. I don't know what would be the best way to do that at the book table. Would you do that? Because sometimes they video this and you say, I don't want to be videoed. Aren't we glad that the woman with the issue of blood stopped and gave her testimony? Because how many times we have been encouraged to receive because she told what happened. It's so important that we tell what happens because others need to hear it. Why? Because their answer is in our miracle too. Hallelujah. So would you do that for me? Just even if you're not buying something at the book table, just go back there and just tell them, hey, I've got a testimony. If, if, you, ever, if, I, if you want to get hold of it, I can give it to you. They may video it. They may ask you to write it down. I don't know. But just uh, let us know about it. Amen. Hallelujah. People were responding on Facebook of healing. The elbow, the ear thing, and the throat. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're so glad they're watching and receiving. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't want to miss the rest of the week. If you can be here and just say, well, I have other plans. Are they really as good as this? I understand people have responsibilities, but if you can, make changes. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastors, again, thank you for allowing us to just park ourselves right here in your midst. And we're, we, we love being with you. Thank you so much. Uh, pastors that have come, others that have driven distances, thank you for being a part of this meeting tonight. We appreciate you being here. We're hungry, aren't we? I said we're hungry. Hallelujah. Is there anything else I need to do, Dee Dee? Turn to somebody before you're dismissed. Remember what time tomorrow night? Turn to somebody before you're dismissed and say this, it's time for miracles. And you can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.